Amen. All right, 1 John chapter 5. If they would put that up, please. Verse 4 and 5, reading out of the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, we'll look on the screen. A lot of good versions, but we're reading out of that one today. Here's what it says. You ready? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God this morning? Okay. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now I'm talking to you and we're talking about, started last week in fact, talking about the supernatural church. Now I really didn't intend to make this a series, but God spoke some more things into my heart about the coming year, 2014, and I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to share these things with you as we prepare to wind down this last month of 2013. The year of 2014 is going to be the year of the supernatural. And you're part of the supernatural church. Now I want you to track with me this morning here. Get your, get your revelation thinking cap on because you need to receive what the Spirit is saying to you. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and verse 26. In fact, let's just put it up there and read it. Because follow me here and track with me this morning as we, as we read some of these things. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion, underline that word dominion if you don't have it, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God had dominion over that fish. Now whether it was a whale or not, I don't know, but he had that whale, that fish in the right place to pick Jonah up. Just like he had that fish in the right place in that sea that had Peter's taxes in it. Are you with me? So the idea here of this word dominion, if you study it out, God gave man dominion first. Dominion has to do with ownership. It has to do with rulership. It has to do with stewardship. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, Adam didn't own anything. Well, I beg to differ with you because if you don't own something, you can't sow anything. You can't sow what you don't own. I remember a guy coming one time. He said, Pastor, I want to donate my car to the ministry. I said, well, that'd be great. He said, I've got about 22 payments left on it. Now, now, now how, how many know? <laughs> how many know? You can't donate what you, you can't sow seed that you don't own. Are y'all with me? Okay. So, so you have you have to you, you can only sow what you own. And God gave uh, Adam authority over this earth, over all those things that He talked about there. So the lo the, the lordship and the ownership and the stewardship. Is, is, is a mindset. You know, if you rent an apartment, you have a different mindset than if you own your house. <laughs> if you rent that apartment, you, you really don't care too much what shape it's in when you leave or even sometimes while you're there. But let me know, if you own something, you check on it every once in a while. I said, you make sure it's not getting abused or used improperly. Are you with me? So the first thing that God said is he made man in his own image and his own likeness was that he gave him dominion or ownership or stewardship in this earth. Now we come all the way back into the New Testament and we see, yes, Adam lost that dominion, but God gave back dominion through Jesus to us. Now let's read that here because uh, there's, this is how dominion came back to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. Thank God we have it back, amen? Now look, let me show you this through the Word. 
It says, and it is written, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, the first man, Adam, became a living soul or a living being. Now notice the first man, Adam, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So the last Adam was Jesus, not the second Adam or the third Adam, but the last Adam was Jesus. Jesus came into this earth as an original. He came as the Son of God in a human being form, but he was the original. And listen, he went to the cross. We know the story. He took upon himself, you know, our sin. He was bruised for our iniquity. A chastisement of our peace was upon him and so on and so forth. He went into the grave, but God raised him from the dead. And now the Bible says as he left, he said, all authority, remember, all power is given unto me, and now I give it to you because Jesus is seated somewhere. Now, let's look at that in the book of Ephesians. Follow me here. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 says, Do not cease to give thanks for you. This is Paul's prayer for the church. Making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How many know that we're supposed to have the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation and the spirit of knowledge? Okay. It says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints, or in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, listen, at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, where is Christ seated today? Look, where did it say? He's seated in heavenly places. Now, look at the next verse. Far above. Say far above. Far, 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 the Greek says. Far above. So far, you can't get there from here. Far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So Christ is seated far above, meaning above all of those principalities, all of those powers, all of the name, <laughs> name, you name a name, Christ is seated above that name. You know why? You have to understand. Somebody said, well, well isn't God and the, the devil equal? No, no, God and devil are not equal. God created the devil. The devil is not a competitor of God. God made the devil. Are you here? There is no competition. God wins every time. God is not in competition with the devil. So stay with God and you will win over the devil every time. Amen. If God be for you, come on, who can be against you? So it's important to know this as being part of the supernatural church. Now look what it says, verse 12, or 22, I say, should say. He has put, how many things? All things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the who? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So get the revelation here. Get the revelation. We talked a little bit about this last week. Who is the head? Jesus is the head. He's the brain. But who's the body? We're the body. The church is the body. Jesus is the head. He's put all things under his feet. His feet is attached to what? The body. All things have been put under his feet. All things. He's seated above, far above all principalities, all powers, and every name that's named. Have you got that? He's the head. We're the body. 
And you will never find in the Word of God where Jesus detaches himself or the head from the body. That's important to know that because you are more with him in heavenly places than you are here in earthly places. You got to see that church to be the supernatural church that you are, okay? Now, let me show you this. Go to Acts. Get some revelation here this morning, okay? Acts chapter 9. Now, Paul was on that Damascus road, remember, and that light comes shining, and he, he received the Lord. He received the salvation, but he didn't have revelation yet. Now, I mean, a lot of people get saved, but they don't have the revelation yet of what that salvation is all about. That's why you start as a Christian, as a newborn babe. You don't start full of revelation. Are you here? Revelation has to come. Revelation has to expose because it's bringing light into areas of your life that were dark. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So Paul is writing something here without the revelation. And this is what I want to show you here. As he journeyed, verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now stop right there. Who was Saul persecuting? He was persecuting the church. But who did Jesus say he was persecuting? He said, you're persecuting me. Why? Because me represents Jesus. Jesus and me are one. And Jesus never separated himself from the body. Saul thought he was persecuting the church. And he was persecuting the church. But at the same time, he was persecuting Jesus because Jesus and his body are one. Are you here? Okay. Now, follow me here because people tried to separate this. But... You can only separate it if you're trying to be carnal or you're coming from some kind of false teaching or false doctrine. Jesus never separated himself. Once he went to the cross, he never separated the head from the body. That's why the body needs to grow up. That's why Jesus, the head, we have the mind of Christ, but how many know he needs some mature hands? He needs some mature feet. He needs some mature legs that will walk this out in this earth and fulfill the plan and the purpose of God and bring the kingdom of God in this earth. You as the supernatural church are designed by God to be agents of change in this earth. The world is not supposed to win. I said the world is not supposed to have its way. The word of God declares that heaven and earth is forever settled or his word is forever settled in heaven and earth. You represent the supernatural church. Well, I thought I was just a member of the church down there. You are a member of the great body of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the head. Amen. Now, Follow me over here to Ephesians chapter 2. Are you with me? All right. Verse 1 says, And you, he made alive. You. Point your finger at you. You. He made, have you are you born again? He made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Sins, plural, in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now this is talking about when you had guilt, when you had shame, when you had sins, as in many. This is talking about when you were under control. You know, you had thoughts, you had 
uh, different things come to your mind and sometimes you didn't know where those thoughts were coming from. Sometimes you knew better to do something, but you went ahead and did it anyway. Why? Because you were being controlled. You were under the control. You were under the influence of the demonic spirit. You were under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. And even though you wanted to do what's right, you couldn't do what's right because some force, the force that comes from demonic sources was compelling you or controlling you to do those other things. Now, 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 now get a hold of what I'm saying here. Go back, look, look at this, because it, we'll put up the Amplified. I want to read verse 1 and 2 out of the Amplified, okay? Because God's plan for you, listen, God's plan for you has a purpose in it. A lot of people haven't got that revelation yet, okay? And uh, he cannot use you. Listen to me closely. He cannot use you as long as you're still under guilt and shame. A lot of Christians get saved, but they can't really step out and do anything for God because they're still under guilt and shame because of their past. They think God cannot either use them or they think that they have done something so terribly wrong that there's no way that they could ever fulfill anything for God. How many know that is a lie from the devil that paints a false picture in your mind? That's why the devil blinds not the heart or the, excuse me, the eyes, but he blinds the mind, okay? Because you don't see with your eyes. You see with your mind. Your mind is what paints a picture of what you see with your eye. Mm. <laughs> now, look at this. Put it up there right quick. Ephesians chapter 2, 1, 2 in the Amplified. I don't think you have it, so just look up there. And you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, and which at one time you walked habitually. You, you just sinned on purpose, many of you. Some of you sinned by accident. You were following the course and the fashion of this world were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. In other words, whatever feels good, you know, you do it. Following the prince of the power of the air. There it is. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. And he describes this, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Mm, yeah, you know, when, when all of those religious people were sitting out there watching Jesus on the cross, you know, really, really their sin put him on the cross, but they were all saying, crucify him, crucify him, kill him. Now, this was a bunch of people that supposedly had the word of God. Are you with me? But when Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Because they were under the influence. They were under the control of the demonic spirit, the prince of the power of the air. And even though you know what is right, you many times do what is wrong because you're under the wrong kind of control. Are you with me? Okay, so one of the reasons that we pray, I mean, you do pray, don't you? One of the reasons you pray is to keep those demonic spirits out of the minds of people that do not know Jesus so that they're not blinded, so that they do not stumble and grope around in darkness. Sometimes we pray just to keep the demons out of the people that are saved so that they can surrender their heart and their life to do the will of God, to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for their life. That's one of the reasons we pray. That's one of the reasons that you need to grow up and find the purpose and the will of God for your life is so you can pray for other folks. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Keep the devil out. Now look, back to verse 3, Ephesians 2, 3, out of the New King James. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. Now look at this. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. 
just as the others. But God, oh man, don't you like those scriptures? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace have you been saved. Now, you know, I remember when people would witness to me and they would tell me things like, you know, you know, Jesus loves you. Now, you know, that sounds good. And you hear those things, but without a revelation of God, they don't mean anything to you. Because a lot of people love you. But how many of there's a difference between the way people love you and the way God loves you? There's a difference in the level of love. God's love is unconditional. And when you get a revelation of just how much God loves you, it'll bring you to your knees. It'll bring you to a place of tears because now you're thinking, how could God love somebody like me? But then you begin to realize how good God is and that God gave his son so that I could be forgiven. See, that's why it's hard for a lot of people to forgive because they have not seen how much they have been forgiven. You will never be able to forgive until you see the whole side of the story of how much God has forgiven you. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, look, look, you have to, you have to get delivered from your past. Reason, and I'm, and I'm teaching you these things this morning, that I see this in the modern church. And, and, you know, again, I don't know how much is being taught, but, you know, your faith is what the devil is after. Sometimes people get tired of hearing the message of faith. But the message of faith is what's going to cause you to have victory to overcome the world. So the devil, in essence, he's really not after you. He's after your faith. And he knows that if he can keep you under condemnation, if he can keep you guilt, guilt, and shame, if he can keep those things on you, he knows that those things will eradicate your faith because faith can't operate in the same arena, if you will, the same environment with an unrighteousness or an unrighteous conscience or a sin conscience. Okay? Now, here's how I erase my past. Go to Hebrew. Just put your... We'll come right back there because I want to read the rest of that. You have to get a revelation of God forgiving you. Now here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. Are you there? Okay. He says, not with the blood of goats and calves. Now he's talking about Old Testament sacrifice there, how they worked under the old covenant. But with his own blood, this is talking about Jesus, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sacrifices for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? Now, if you know your Old Testament, you know that the priest went in once a year, the high priest, he would make atonement. He would shed the blood of that either that bull or that goat or what have you, and they would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat to cover the sins of the people. But when Jesus came, it's no longer a covering of your sin. Jesus does not cover your sin. Jesus erases your sin. All of the handwriting, all the ordinances, all the things that were contrary to you have been blotted out by the blood of Jesus. Your sin, when you receive him and the blood washes you, exists no more. Now, people may bring them up, and the devil may bring them up, but God has forgiven them as far as the east is from the west. Come on. When you get a revelation of that, see, and understand what he said in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your consciousness from dead works to what? To serve the living God. So God wants to purge your consciousness. He wants to purge you from your past 
those memories of the past of thinking what you did and how bad you were and so on and so forth so that you can be purged from those things so you can go forward in life and do good works unto God. Now, the enemy, and I need to say this, it's very difficult because the enemy knows how faith works. But the people in the body of Christ many times do not have a revelation of how faith works. Now, I blame that sometimes because, you know, ignorance is a high premium to pay. People perish every day because of ignorance. And so we are a people without excuse. Now, I could blame a lot of things. We could blame the preachers for not preaching it. We could blame the people for not getting in their word and, and, and letting the word, you know, come off those pages, get down into their hearts. But we could also blame the devil. You know, a lot of people do blame the devil and say the devil made me do it. Well, you're right. In a sense, the devil did make you do it because you don't understand who you are, that you have been seated far above all those things, okay? You have dominion. See, the year of 2014 is the year of the supernatural church, but that means that you're going to get a revelation that you have dominion in this earth, dominion over all of the power of the devil. Okay, now, because Revelation 12, one, I don't have time to go all the way it says he's the accuser of the brethren, talking about the devil, right? He accuses day and night, day and night, day and night, because... There's a force at work in this earth. Behind that force is a demonic spirit that keeps the hearts and the minds of people blinded. There's a lot of people that don't understand that the things that are happening, they happen because of the dark forces behind them. That things don't just happen bad. Things don't just get out of control or out of whack on purpose. They get out of whack because the enemy is thrusting force, those forces, to cause people to have blinded minds and hearts to be puppets, if you will, on a string that the devil is pulling to accomplish his will in the earth. But this is why we have got to come alive. The church of God has to come alive, resurrect, if you will, understand we have not been detached from the head. We have the mind of Christ. Jesus is Lord, amen, and we've come to to be obedient to the things of God in our life because we are enforcers. We are agents of change. We are part of the supernatural body of Christ. There is nothing supposed to be natural about any of us. Oh, glory to God. Forgive me that I'm trying to preach. Now, because the enemy knows that he can bring condemnation, but the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Now, there's a big difference because conviction leaves faith intact. Condemnation begins to separate you from faith. And so the enemy is after your faith because if he can separate you from faith, you can't please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. I said it's impossible to do the will of God, to serve God without faith. The just shall live by faith, right? Okay, so he knows if he can get you under condemnation, then he can put you in that place where your faith will not work because in that area of unrighteousness, you're concerned and you're operating by the things that you have done in your past and the things that the enemy has painted a picture in your mind that you can't do. But see, once you begin to dwell on the goodness of God, once you begin to dwell on the Word of God, is there anything impossible for those that believe? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself sick? Do you see yourself in a hospital? I never see Jesus sick. I never see Him in a hospital. I didn't see Him in an old folks' home. Are you here? Yeah, but you're playing God. No, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. And whatever Jesus accomplished for me, it belongs to me. Not only does he give you the barbecue, he gives you the dinner rolls. 
Come on, he gives you the full meal deal, amen. There is no lack to them that are in Christ. Come on. So listen to me before I go on because if there's something hindering and hampering you today from being where you need to be, you need to listen to this message. You need to open up your heart today and receive the engrafted word of God that's able to save your soul. You need to hear that you cannot do anything to stop God from loving you. There is no sin that you have ever committed that God cannot forgive. You got to hear that, folks, because the body of Christ is just setting back, getting farther and farther back. I believe if we made this church three times as long, they would still be the same people trying to scoot their way to the back. It's time you come to the front. It's time you get up to the altar. It's time you get to a place where you can receive the fullness of the anointing of God in and upon your life. You don't care what anybody says. You don't care what the devil says. You don't care and look at the circumstances. You go by what you know and you know the word of God will produce faith in your life that will cause you to overcome the world. Somebody shout amen. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, you know, I think about those 12 spies. See, God can't send you out in the land where there's giants as long as you're operating in guilt and shame, as long as you think you're inferior, as long as you think, man, God can't use me. Listen, those 10 spies, remember, they came back and said, we are grasshoppers in their sight. Now, nowhere, nowhere in the Word of God do you ever see God calling them grasshoppers. They call themselves grasshoppers. Why? Because that's how Satan painted a picture in their mind. They're looking up at the giants. Oh, man, they're powerful. Those cities are walled. They got weapons superior. They're looking at what they see with their eye instead of what they see with their mind of a renewed mind that God put in them that says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God already told them, you're well able. Say, I'm well able. Jesus said that he has been seated at the right hand of the Father and you're seated at the right hand of the Father with him. Woo! Now, how do you purge? I got to get going here. How do you purge these thoughts? You got your place there in Ephesians. I'll come right back. How do you purge? Let me tell you how I do it. I go to Philippians chapter 4. I got a revelation of this a long time ago. Here's what it says. This is how you purge. You that are struggling with your past. You that are struggling with thoughts that are not of God. Listen to this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, what's true? True is what God says about you. Thy word is what? Truth. Truth changes the facts. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, what? Meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. That's why you follow somebody that's operating in faith. Are you here? It says, and the God of what? Peace will be with you. So you must receive, first of all, what the Word of God says about you. Because why? Because God's Word comes with power to turn any fact into truth. God's power is designed to turn what looks like fact into truth truth. It might look like you're sick. That's why I'm not going to listen. I, you know, people follow pictures that are painted in their mind. And the enemy knows how to paint pictures in your mind. And that's what you will follow. And that's why you have to come back and meditate on what God says 
resist the devil. Come on. The Bible says that he will flee, but you can't keep dwelling. You can't see yourself broke. You can't see yourself broken down. You can't see yourself on the outside. You're not on the outside looking in. You're on the inside. God has come. God has saved you. God has set you in a high place. Now, you got to stop all that nonsense if you're going to be part of the supernatural church, if you're going to be part of the body that's attached to the head. Okay, now, let, let's, let's keep on because as, as, as I think it was Brother Hagin said, you, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Thoughts are going to come. Now, here's how you do it. Here's how you purge. Are you following me? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going back to Ephesians, and we'll wind this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, what? We do not war according to the flesh. Why? For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but what? They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments are those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought. How many? Every thought. Because you have a whole bunch every day. You've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. See, I'm not going to accept that I'm broke. I don't have that picture. I'm not going to accept that I'm sick. I don't have that picture. Are y'all listening to this? We don't have to accept those pictures. We don't have to dwell and develop on those things. We are children of the Most High God. Show me a day when Jesus was sick. Yeah, but we're not Jesus. Yes, we are the sons of God. We're here to manifest, if you will, the power of God in this earth. The Word of God dwells in you richly, admonishing you, teaching you. Are you here? All right, so guilt and shame is something that the Lord spoke to me that needs to be gotten out of the body of Christ. Some of you, you know, you can't be faithful. You can't stick in there and stick it out because you allow the thoughts of the enemy to oppress you and get you to dwelling on your past and it takes you out of the future plan that God has for your life. Okay, now... Uh, yeah, because look, do you get that this morning? That there is no sin that you've ever done that God cannot forgive. Did you hear that back there? There is no sin. That's why the scripture says where sin abounds, much more does the grace of God. God wrote that for these days. You needed something powerful. You needed a mighty dose of God's divine intervention in your life to escape the corruption that's in this world. Whatever you have done, and you could have done some bad things. You could have done some bad, bad things. But listen, God's love is greater than all of that. God's forgiveness is more powerful than the devil's condemnation. Are you here? There is now for there no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Okay, now go back with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And let me tell you again, your faith, your faith will eradicate any negative circumstance in your life. It will eradicate any feeling of guilt or shame. Your faith. That's why the devil is after your faith. Say with me right now. Say the devil is not going to steal my faith. Okay. But God, verse 4 again, Ephesians 2. But God, who is what? Rich in mercy because of his great love. What kind of love? With which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. Faith has the ability to overcome any situation, any negative circumstance in this life. Okay? That's what he tries to do. I'm talking about the enemy. He tries to rob. He tries to wash out your faith because he knows if you ever establish yourself in faith, if you ever establish yourself on the Word of God and what God says, 
it will eradicate what he stands for. He can't operate when somebody's operating in faith. He can't come against you and succeed when somebody's operating in faith. Say amen, somebody. Your heart, see, I can preach this sermon 20 times in concession, but you know what? You will only get 2%. You will only get 5% if your heart is full of condemnation and guilt. That's why a lot of people sit in church week after week and they don't get it because their heart is still filled with their past. They're still feeling condemnation. They're still feeling guilt and shame. I'm looking for a day when you understand that your hearts need to be prepared and you need to become good soil for the Word of God to be sown in because the sower sows the Word. And I'm believing that the Word of God is going to go into good soil of the hearts of these people. You're going to get it the first time and you're going to live by faith. You're going to raise up the standard, which is the Word of God, and whenever the devil comes in, you're going to say, get behind me, Satan. Okay. And when, and when now, now listen, when you know when you get saved, it has to be a progression. And when you step out, say, well, you know what? I'm going to do something for the church. I'm going to do something for God. That's when the devil steps up and begins to try to eradicate or wash you out of the picture. He knows that if he can do that, he can keep you ineffective. That's why the churches suffer. That's why the body suffers because the people of God have not stood up and declared that they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. They are agents of change that have been left for this mighty hour of God to accomplish His plan in the earth so Jesus can come back for an overcoming church, a victorious church without spot and without wrinkle. Amen. That means... That means, listen, I could get into a lot of this, but I'm not. That means that we have jurisdiction over everything that's not God. We have jurisdiction over ungodly laws. We have jurisdiction over politicians that make laws that are contrary to the Word of God. We should not allow that. We are the body of Christ. We are the people of God. They're coming against the plan of God. They're coming against what God has ordained to be true. And we have to stand up and perform, if you will. We have to stand up and declare that we have authority. We have dominion in this earth over all those things. Over, listen to me, even every name that is named. Tell me a name. The doctor diagnoses you. Say, Doc, tell me the name because I got dominion over the name. You got dominion over cancer. You got dominion over pain. You got dominion over guilt. You got dominion over sin. Sin shall not have dominion over a child of God. Are you here this morning? Get a revelation of who you are as the supernatural church of the living God. Woo! <laughs> Folks, we've been called for such a time as this. This is time for your light to shine. Amen. You're not on the outside looking in. Now, follow me here. I'm almost done. You've got to purge and get these things out. Here's Philippians 3, 13, 4. I'm just giving you scriptures here, okay? I'm giving you a word so that when these things come, what do you rely on? What do you do? It is written. But you know what? You've got to read what is written. And you know what else? You need to read what is written out loud. You need to hear what you read. I said you need to hear what you read so that the devil hears what you read. He can't read your mind. Some of you can't read your own mind. You just obey what your mind says do. Brethren, look what it says. I do not count myself to have apprehended but one Thing I do. Forgetting, say forgetting, those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Nobody can stop you if you don't have a past. <laughs> Nobody can stop you when you don't have a past. 
You've got a right now. You've got forever the rest of your life and eternity. Amen. You know as well as I know, you can't drive your car forward looking all the time in the rearview mirror. How many of you know that? Just, you can't, you can't go forward looking in the rearview mirror. You know what? You can't go forward in your life looking at the past, looking at the past, looking in the rearview mirror of life. Come on, get delivered from that this morning. Let the Word of God dwell in you. Now, Revelation 4, 5. I'm almost done. And from the throne proceeding lightnings and thunderings and voices. I'm back to where we left off last week. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, where's that at? What's these seven? Okay, let's look at this right quick. Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Who would that be? Who would that be? Who would that be? Who would that be? Ah, Jesus. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. He's the vine. Come on. The branch. Who's that? That's us. Look. The Spirit of the Lord. Notice there's seven spirits. You can underline them. We'll talk about them maybe next time. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There's seven spirits there. Look, seven spirits that are supposed to be operating in you. They're all supernatural. They all come from Jesus. Jesus, when he began his ministry, as he set the pattern for the church, said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Are you here? You have been anointed. You have and you are the anointed of God in this earth today. All of these seven spirits ought to be operating in your life. You have to have a revelation that you have dominion over all of those principalities, all of those powers, all of those demonic forces and every name that is named. You can really name it and claim it when you understand what that phrase means. Because all you got to do is say a name and you have dominion over that name. Come on, somebody. God has sent supernatural help for you and I. This is the year of the supernatural church rising up to advance the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I get tired of the devil always advancing his agenda. And the church, you know, they're sitting out here trying to tread water just to stay afloat. We haven't got a revelation yet of who we are. I said, we don't have a revelation yet. Now look at this last thing, because all it takes is somebody to get a hold of God. Gideon had how many? 300. He got a hold of who he was in God. Quit looking at what he was without God and started looking at what he had in God. And they changed their whole environment. They changed their whole nation with just 300. Oh, y'all are going to listen to this. Now, Psalms 110. See, it's time for the church to wake up. It's time for it to be a force to be reckoned with. It's, it, it, I'm tired of them mocking the church, mocking the pastors making reality shows and all this stuff, making fun of God, making fun of God's people. Are y'all tired of that? Do we stand for what's real? Do we stand for what's right? Are we the righteousness of God in the earth today? Psalms 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Where is Christ seated? Right. Where are we seated? <laughs> where are we at? We're in heavenly places. Seated where? Far, say far above. See, don't lose that. Far above. Far above. Far above. Okay. Now look, 
the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. That's the church. That's talking about the power, the authority that he's given. Rod represents that authority, right? Rule, to rule in the midst of your enemies. Not to be cowards, not to be second-class citizens, not to just sit back and take whatever the devil dishes out, but to rule, come on, in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. We got into this because we enlisted. We volunteered in the army of God. Are y'all here today? Nobody forcing you to be a Christian. Then why don't you act like it? Why don't you be one? Why don't you stand up and proclaim what God says? instead of what people say and the devil says and your circumstances say. Stand up and be counted for God. Amen. He said, you shall be volunteers in the day of your power in the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. He's renewing the strength. We're mounting up with wings as eagles. Come on. We're going to run and not be weary. We're going to walk. We're not going to faint. We're going to stand and make the battle cry, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph because he has given us our city. He has given us this world to take back everything that he meant for destruction, everything he meant for evil. We're taking it back in the name of Jesus. This gospel shall be preached to all the world and then the end shall come. Somebody say amen. Get ready for an amazing finish, but even more an amazing beginning. It's time that the people of God say, you know what? Enough is enough. My God is greater. My God is able. God has blessed me abundantly. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. No sin shall have dominion over my life. Bless the Lord my God. Now I get excited about that. Because I'm a pastor. Stand up with me or I'll, I'll keep going. I'm the pastor. I'm a pastor, okay? I see what the devil's doing in churches. I see what he's doing to the body of Christ. He's the head. We're his body. They cannot be separated. Stay attached. God didn't make you disabled. God didn't make you feeble. God doesn't make you weak and weary. Are y'all here? God doesn't give you a call on your life and then retract it. The enemy tries to make you think you're no good. You did this. You've done that. You've been married how many times? This and that. Well, maybe you were, but we're going to believe God you can get married now. It's going to stay. believe God that when you lay hands on the sick they'll recover we're going to believe that if you eat any deadly thing it's not going to harm you we're going to believe that you can go to your family and your loved ones let them mock let them say whatever they will but you're going to stand and you're going to rise in the glory and the power of God they're going to see something about your life that causes them to say you know what you're right and you're going to say, maybe I am. I am. Man. Black Friday. Plays what? Eternal redemption. Thank you, Jesus.